you so much for tuning in for this episode of The Heart of It. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I am incredibly blessed and honored to be your host for this podcast. And uh, I guess before we get too far along, I should just probably forewarn you that um, I'm having a mixture of getting over a cold and allergies. So my voice, because that's always how it happens, you know, when you speak for a living, it's going to go after your voice. And so it's not a hundred percent, but it's better so that I can do this with you because I was not going to let this sickness hold me back from doing the Grateful Showcase. These are my favorite episodes. They have a very special place in my heart because this was the whole show concept idea that got me to start the podcast. Um, and this is the way we're going to end season three, uh, to kick off season four, which I'm really excited about. But it only makes sense to me to end a season of episodes truly sharing with you the people who have had the most impact on me. And when we're talking about impact and influence, yes, mentor, guidance, colleagues, but people who have kept pushing me, helped lift me up when things were, um, when things were hard and I, and I was skeptical, um, you know, times when I really wanted to run away rather than fight. Um, these are people who showed me that there were other options, that it wasn't just a fight or flight mentality that needed to be embraced. And if we go back to the very first Grateful Showcase, I guess you could make the argument that it was a cop out. I know personally where I was at the time, I was, I was pretty much a coward. I always, um, I always admire when I listen to people when they start their podcasts, you know, two, two of, two of them that I'm thinking that come to mind very quickly are, uh, Katie Dale about let it out and Lewis house and the school of greatness. They both start podcasts so they could have an excuse to talk to people that they would never get an opportunity to talk to. I thought that was cool in concept, but it's really intimidating to send a message off to somebody that you don't know and ask them, ask them if they would, um, interview with you, especially when you have nothing. And so the first year that I did this, I, I did basically, I shared my mental advisory board, which is probably the biggest thing that got me through my first year of business and that's all in gratitude to the internet, the world wide web that allows us to connect with people without actually connecting with people. Uh, even some of you who may listen to this podcast, I know we have people who listen all over the world and you may have never met me, but you feel like you have a connection with me. And that's one of the things I love about podcasts. It's, it's a conversation that you get to have. Now, in this last year, for the second annual Grateful Showcase, I actually invited people and and used the opportunity to connect with people that I truly respect uh, and love and cherish in my life. And doing so, got to have some of the best conversations. And now these are my favorite episodes to do. I think I look forward to them all year. We have some really cool stuff that we talk about. I love doing the podcast, but there is something to be said about these episodes. There's just something special about them. And obviously I'm biased. These people mean a lot to me. Um, 
But yeah, enough of the ramblings. You want to hear about our first guest today, because that's why you're really here, is to hear about Tony Hernandez. So Tony Hernandez came to me, um, my gosh, yes, a little over two years ago, right at the two year mark in the summer. Um, when I learned of him, uh, it was right when I was starting to embrace this concept that I could be a speaker, that I could go out to conferences and actually do that, um, before that, I had always said, I'm a trainer. I'm not really like, I'm not a conference type, probably out of fear of rejection. Uh, through a bunch of mutual connections, I somehow got linked up with Pano and asked to present at one of their sessions. And so I was really in one of these places where I kept going to these conferences, looking at the roster and judging other people. And trying to see if I was better than them, where I was in skill level. It was a little, you know, competition. Um, But I also think it was a lot of questioning my own self-worth. And this really was, you know, where I personally was when I met Tony. The regional conference that I specifically spoke at where I met Tony um, with Pano, it was on a topic about uh, creatively providing the permission to fail in a work culture. Uh, This was the first time I was able to do a presentation that began to link things that I was passionate about, that I wasn't sure where these other things that I was passionate about and obsessed about fit into my my professional work life. And so I got this opportunity and I remember riding the elevator up to this regional conference and actually praying in the elevator that everything would be okay for this, this conference topic, because it was so different than what I would do. Um, and obviously it, it went well. My presentation allowed me to connect with two individuals, um, that are highlighted in this year's grateful showcase. One of which was Tony Hernandez But going back to my original points, Tony was actually one of the main highlighted speakers on the agenda. So selfishly, I kind of sought him out uh, because he was an unknown entity to me and he was somebody who was heavily highlighted on this agenda. And so I wanted to know more about him and where he came from. And when I connected with him, well, number one, he had these amazing cards, these amazing um, not only the fact that they were cards and they were beautiful, but what they were used for. And when I asked him very briefly, kind of how he used them, uh, he talked about using them as, um, basically tools to generate the self-reflection process, which I'm a huge fan of. And that's a bit, pretty much a big foundation in my platform on how I operate as a practitioner. And this was the first time I had seen a tool that was created in those lines, even in the coaching arena. So in the coaching, obviously you do self-reflection, but a lot of the books that I'd read, even the ones that had gotten the closest, weren't quite there yet. And here was this incredible coaching game tool. So I was fascinated by that. But the other thing that I was even more fascinated with was that Tony um, was just as interested to learn about me as I was about him. 
Uh, and in his mind, he was not some big cheese at this conference. He was there to learn. He was there to share. And that totally came through in his demeanor almost instantly. Um, and I was a little taken back because it's not common when I would go and approach individuals, um, in that kind of arena. And so it really sat with me differently. I really wanted more. I wanted to connect with him even further. And I got that opportunity. Um, we got to have breakfast and learn more about each other. And we knew that we wanted to stay connected and, and see where this kind of led as far as a professional partnership. Um, and I have to give Tony credit because Tony, once again, is incredible at staying in contact with people. Um, I, it's not one of my areas of strength. You know, when things get busy, I can be kind of missing in action. I can go off the grid and you feel like I forgot about you. Um, and I, I don't usually forget about people. It's just that I don't have the time or I'm not, I shouldn't say that I'm not, um, I'm not managing my time correctly so that I can ensure that I connect with those people on a consistent basis. That's something that I'm always trying to be better at. Always something I'm trying to, um, develop as a skill set. Uh, I was just looking at notes that I just did from another conference and they were all centered around on how to have follow up and connections. So it's definitely something I'm working towards. But, you know, that's the way that I met Tony. But one of the things about Tony is that he truly is just a beautiful soul inside and out. He's an incredible individual. He has an incredible story. I know that I'm not alone in saying this, that people are just drawn to him. He has the ability to create an amazing space for transformation uh, anywhere. Uh, there's been times when we have been in a busy hustling, bustling coffee shop and he can choose that he's going to focus on you and help you shift your perspective on something or try to provide some guidance. And it's like the room disappears and you can be alone with your thoughts. And there's not that very many people who can do that. And Tony is one of the very few people that I trust hands down to take an event, lead an event, and I know we'll do an amazing job. And on top of doing an amazing job, he's going to surpass any expectations that I may have. I don't have to worry about the skeptics. I don't have to worry about the details. I cannot tell you that this year he was the co-creator with me for the Gentleman's Architecture Conference, the inaugural event. Uh, And due to the smaller, more intimate group that we had, I chose not to be on site so that I could protect the safety and and the, the space for the participants involved. And Tony took lead on it. And I, I did not feel uneasy about it all day, which speaks volumes. Um, so he's a talented individual and Tony, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for being a part of my life. Thank you so much for staying on me at the very beginning and wanting to continue to connect with me because our friendship would not be where it is today if it wasn't because of you and your 
diligence. And um, I'm just so, so, so grateful. So with that being said, let me share with you his actual formal um, bio, and then we will get into the interview. Tony Hernandez is the founder of Reflective Wisdom, a Lacorniqueño born and raised in Southeast Lancaster City. Tony is a facilitator and educator who inspires people to claim their distinct narrative so they brave connecting with themselves and with others, valuing the contributions they make in community. As the founder of Reflective Wisdom, Tony creates a space that engages adult learners in personal and interpersonal development through coaching and small group interactions. Aside from his professional work, Tony is committed to equity and social justice at social justice advocacy. He's been actively learning and practicing board governance for the last six years, serving on numerous local and regional boards. On a personal note, Tony has been adjusting to the shift in life by integrating balance through meditation, journaling, and incorporating well-being theory. So happiness and well-being flourish in personal and professional life. Without further ado, here is my interview with Tony Hernandez. Enjoy. Well, thank you, Tony, so much for coming over to the Leadership Arts Office and joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And you are my first guest <laughs> in the 2017 Grateful Showcase. Oh. <laughs> so, and I think that's um, very appropriate because yes. you've tackled a lot of firsts with me this year. Yeah, this so runs with my whole pioneering theme yeah. in my life. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, yeah, so let's just like get right into it. Let's sure. let uh, the world get a peek into you, uh, who I am so grateful for this year. Okay. So question number one, how did we meet? How did Sam come into your life? Yeah, so the first time that uh, we met was, let's see, I want to say that was summer 2015, July, July 2015, yeah. and uh, we... I was invited to be a speaker at a Courageous Conversation panel event. For Keynote speaker. Well, that was later. That was later. <laughs> that was later. But the very first time we met, the very first time we met, it was at RKL right off mm -hmm. of, um, you know, they're off of 30. And um, me and you were like one of five speakers. DK was there too. Um, myself, you, and two other people. Iffy. Um, and then you actually, I was, I was pulling out my points of view cards and my materials to get ready so that I had them there. And you were the speaker right before me. And as I'm like laying my stuff out, you came over and you were like, what you got there? What are those? And I'm like, oh, this is my coaching game deck. And you're like, ooh, those are really cool. And I say, yeah, I just got recently trained. And you were like, we should really get together sometime. And I said, I would, I would enjoy that. And then you spoke, but then you had to leave right away. Um, and uh, we reconnected then after that. But that's the very first time. Mm -hmm. That was the very first time that we met. Yep. So I think that's uh, very interesting because I think a couple weeks ago I took a picture of the business card that you gave yes, me. Yes, you did. Because <laughs> I found it cleaning out my office at home. Uh -huh. um, but on the flip side, you know, something for me that uh, that's very relevant to what you were just sharing, you know, when people come into my life, I start to like reevaluate areas of opportunity where uh -huh. I can get stronger. And one of the things I learned from you very early on is like, 
when you have a speaking engagement, you should block out that time to be present with the participants. Right. Um, which is why I got to experience the full panel conference yep. with you this past yep. uh, fall. Mm-hmm. But uh, I now do that for, it's like, usually, unless there's some weird circumstance, right. for the most part, I, I try to be there for yeah. the entire time because of, you really taught me like a huge lesson of like, I can't watch this thing because I'm double booked to go somewhere else. Right, right, um, right. So, just one of the many things yes. you've done for me. Oh, thanks. So, um, for the listeners that have been listening to mm-hmm. the Grateful showcase in the past uh the interview format has gone in different ways this year i'm focusing on basically five specific areas Mm -hmm. uh, because they're areas that i have identified really helped in my personal transformation so now i'm really just curious to learn from people that i'm grateful for how these kind of questions speak to them sure and so the first one is kind of a biggie Mm -hmm. (laughs) but i would love to get your take on you know what is your purpose in life, personally and professionally, or they could be the same? Right. Uh, do you know what it is, mm-hmm. and and how do you articulate that? Sure. Um, so I would say that my purpose in life um, really is to inspire people to claim their stories, mm-hmm. you know, that come from their different facets of life, so that they can brave connecting to themselves and others when creating their meaning in the world. Like that's my why statement. Um, and I, I was able to finally put language around it going and that, that, that took about seven years to finally really like crystallize it in that way. Um, but along my journey, um, other people, you know, that have come into my life who would say or offer a piece of, of wisdom finally helped me find the Discover Your Why process by Simon Sinek, um, and that's how I delved into into that. Um, so that's really my purpose, and that, that both intermingles my personal and professional. I don't... I try not to delineate the difference, um, but yet my... my transition in a professional pathway has changed there's been different vehicles Mm -hmm. to express my why but that really in essence is what I do that's (laughs) That's my purpose yeah Yeah. that's a beautiful thank you purpose thank you and after seven years to be able to articulate it like that it's it's very beautiful yes thank you and I love what you said about you know bits and pieces over the seven years Uh because I was just telling you about (laughs) I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but you're on like half of them. <laughs> and that's like my documentation that you've done that for me. Right. Because literally it will be in the middle of the podcast. And I'm like, well, my really good friend and colleague, Tony uh-huh. Hernandez, founder of Reflective Wisdom, <laughs> said this to me the other day. And this is what happened to me. And this right. is the path that I went down. And so it's amazing yeah. to hear you're having similar interactions with others in your life that you are giving to me yes. as well. So yes. that's just kind of cool. To see yeah. That. Yeah. That, it's. Like, the waves, uh-huh, you know? Uh-huh. It's, it just is very profound. Yeah. 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 So what about people? Let's expose some mm-hmm. people that could be good or bad. Obviously, if they're bad, you don't have to, like, tell us who they are by name. <laughs> <laughs> but um, who were instrumental, kind of big, significant uh-huh. people who helped you define your purpose right. or helped you see that lesson very clearly of yeah. what you were called to do? Yeah, this is a good question. Um so for me, there have been both and. It, and I inevitably, I think 
every one of us have had, there's the people along your journey do shape who you are. Um, and so first and foremost is my father. Um, he definitely has shaped a big piece of who I am in really just staying it, it took a long time, though, to, to really come to full acceptance that I am an empath, um, that I am a sensitive. Um, I really tried to mm-hmm. bury that um, and became very numb and not my full self. But And that was all as a result of our relationship. Um, so there's that piece, and I've, I've shared that story with you before. Um, but that really was a foundation of sort of this journey along my way as a as a young adult in my college years. Um, I knew I always wanted to be a teacher of some sort mm-hmm. and offer a play, learning space for people. So that was always very, very deep within me. And um, so one of the people that came along my path in my college years was Dr. Bird. He was the only male early childhood professor at Millersville at the time that I was there. And he came into my life right when it needed to happen as I was, uh, like, researching the idea of becoming an early child, like, majoring in early childhood. Um, And so when I first met with him in his office, he's like, I've been waiting for you, and I'm so glad that, you know, like, just that welcoming, it just was one of the very few times early on that someone just sort of just embraced me right off the bat. Um, and that has left a big impression in my life. Um, and so in tandem with him, when I was doing my field placement work and my undergrad, I was partnered with a cooperating teacher named Pam Manilius. And she really was the one that solidified the, seeing myself as a as an early childhood teacher, as a kindergarten teacher. Um, so she was a kindergarten teacher at Cardin McCray Elementary School. She's retired now. And she did. She just was like, Tony, there's something about you. You really need to consider this. And there aren't many men in the field. Um, you just, you have the pieces there, you know, and this is what I would really encourage you to do. And I will support you however I can. And um, for the next two years, I volunteered in her room, and then I was her student teacher, and then I ended up taking, they offered me her position when she switched positions in the building. Um, So, like, you know, again, like all of those, like the planets aligned, so to speak, Um, and it was great. Like, I enjoyed it. I loved it. If I could go back into the classroom, that would be, like, my my sweet spot space Mm -hmm. to spend you know, every day with five-year-olds because yeah. they're just, one, you just never know. Like, every day is a new day. Uh, and they just keep you, they keep you from not being chiseled away from the machinery of adult life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so she was definitely one. Um, I would say, so there's also events two outside of people. So like my experience in public school, my experience in private school have all shaped who I am now, especially in the, in the work that I'm doing. Um, I still consider myself first and foremost an educator, but like 
again, I feel like I'm more of a host inviting people to their own coming. Like that's kind of how I've evolved. And the people who have come into my life to really um, bring me to that closer connection have been in my private school experiences. So Caroline Blackwell, she's who I learned points of view from. Uh, Rosetta Lee, Daniel Harris, they're all very influential people in the independent school uh, sector. And every time that I, I learn so much from them and then they also value what I, what I contribute. And it's just always a delicious, you know, like exchange. And so, in fact, I was on the call with Daniel last night <laughs> um, in pre- preparation for the summer 2018 e- equity exchange cohort. And, um, and so he was so just bouncing off ideas of sort of the what they want to roll out for next summer's institute. And I said, yes, that sounds like totally what we should do and he's like all right now said that's a go and you know without any hesitation (laughs) and so I appreciate those people in my life that have come along um you know social justice and advocacy work Angelique Arroyo Fran Rodriguez Nick Myron um have all been people that have come along my way in my winding path and then most recently just taking this catalytic thinking class so iffy is one that that um, came along in my winding path that introduced me to that. And so, yeah, so those, I would say, are the people that, outside of you, that have come along that continue to really help me know that I'm in my true sense of my purpose, yeah. 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 So just, like, a few. Just a few. (laughs) I mean, I could go on and on and on and on, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, that's great though. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's. <clears throat> I even loved when you were talking about experiences because that's almost like a gigantic group of people, <clears throat> right? That coming together, creating yep. specific circumstances, good, bad, or yep. indifferent. and they really have to allow yep. you to. They really, really, really have. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. So. Um, Let's talk about this word passion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was funny because you got here and we were finishing up our leadership meeting, Mary Rose and I, yeah. and we were fighting over the difference between the word engaged and passion, and, passion right. and which one we liked more. Um, and I really, like, I honestly believe that when we're passionate about something, that's where we really feel empowered to kind of take mm-hmm. on the world. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we're kind of just obsessed with. Yeah. So. You know, what is your passion? Has it always been that? Is it something that's evolving for you? Like, what are you obsessed with currently or in the past? Or <laughs> <laughs> um, So, you know, under the umbrella of self-care, I would say, given my own journey, that is definitely a passion of mine. Um, you know, identity around masculinity is another one as well. Mm-hmm. And then given my time in the, in the school, you know, learning sector, both in public, private, and even higher ed for a brief moment, um, you know, create, you know, those spaces are a reflection of our communities. Mm-hmm. And how can we make them be more inclusive? And to me, part of that is doing that inner research work or inner research practice, um, those are all pieces that live and breathe with me um, 
and when I have ignored them or tried to suppress them, I was not working or just I wasn't at my best. Mm -hmm. And so as I have come out of some of my dark period, you know, um, I don't ever want to dwell back there, like how steeped I was in that space. And so, and we, I still have dips. I mean, that like, um, I know how to better move through them more supplely Mm -hmm. so that I don't get stuck Mm -hmm. there. And those are, that's what's like my, my, my passion and sort of like the big, big umbrella title for all of that is like social emotional capacity. Um, I was the other night I was doing, um, a guided reflection session at West End Yoga and there's been a young man who's been coming regularly now and he was sharing, um, you know, uh, he's, he's in a corporate space, uh, finance environment and, um, you know, some of the, uh, what do you call that? Like, you know, the office culture, if you will, mm-hmm. and how behave, you know, like just the dynamic yeah. and he's still learning and, you know, and I just was like, this is what I, why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like I, for me, this is for me. Um, I struggle when people say you need to leave your stuff at the door or don't bring. And yet we are social emotional creatures. Our very survival has been based on that because we don't have armor. We don't have horns. We don't have protected. We don't have, we don't shoot quills. We don't have any of those things as other, (laughs) you know, other, (laughs) other mammals on this planet have. And it's really by our tribes you know, the groups, the people that we associate with is how we survive. And so as we have commingled more and more and more and more and more, and we're not distinct, you know, distinct um, geographical, you know, tribes, if you will, and we're all interspersed everywhere, mm-hmm. that biodiversity, our our corp, our business spaces, even school spaces, is just the modern day warfare space mm-hmm. of trying to survive. And but our body doesn't know any better, you know. And so for me, I've always it's just always been like, you know, why am I getting triggered? Why are they reacting that way? What's what's the thing here? Like that's always been mm-hmm. a curiosity of mine. And as I have gone in this journey, like that's just been my. My, my claim now is if I'm going to be productive, I'm not going to relinquish that piece of who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even now when I'm working with clients or organizations, like I tell them up front, you know, respectfully, but like, you know, that my work is about the relationships with the people, um, first and foremost, then we can get into other things, you know, tactical, procedural, but you got to start there first. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been interesting, the response of that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I, that, those are my passions. Well, I, I love about the, the self-awareness piece about triggers mm-hmm. because we, I, you know, I've heard that word used a lot in the mental health arena, but mm-hmm. now I've seen it starting to bleed over into the self-care, self-help arena. Right. And people 
just recognizing that or getting curious as to why mm-hmm. the fact that when you're reacting in an environment almost instantly, that there is a trigger point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just had a conversation earlier this week with someone who said, you know, now that I reflect back and I got the opportunity to reflect back on an event that um, I realized I was triggered by yeah. something that had nothing to do with that person, but mm-hmm. because there was enough similarities right. and I'd never processed this before, um, now I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, so it's just interesting because that is a whole other level of self-awareness mm-hmm. That I think impacts a lot of the work environments out there. Yes. Uh, and I also think there's something to be said about being upfront about what's really important. Right. And that's a practice that we use here at Leadership Arts. Mm-hmm. And I know that I use it. And mm-hmm. if they're not cool with it, <laughs> right. I give a referral to somebody else that yes. does yes. it, I guess, the yeah. old school way or right. the more traditional way. Mm-hmm. I hope that our approach becomes the more... Yes. The tradition. Right. And what's been, what's been interesting for me in this journey is I wasn't, I used to not be that way. Um, in the sense that like, I still held a lot of judgment. Like I, I was, I, I always would tell people like, this is what I'm about. Cause that just, I always felt better. It just felt right for me to do that, you know, so that, that, but in my old self, there was judgment behind that. So I'm telling, I'm telling you this because this is how it's got to be. And there's no other, there's no other, (laughs) other Mm -hmm. way. And so what I learned along the way is that, you know, you do land on people or you can be, you can be labeled a certain way because even though you still think you're, um, and that's, I think the beauty of us too, as, as human beings is we do have that, higher level capacity when you're in a state of of grace Mm -hmm. to to own some of your regressions some of your your faulty steps and auto correct you know be able to correct those moving forward so now when I do present like this is you know my why this is what and here are the services I provide to exhibit that it comes from a place of knowing you know we may, this may not be a fit mm-hmm. where before it was like, you know, a better fit or else, mm-hmm. you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. And there was a huge pressure of, yes. I've got to make sure I fit and right. you like me and you're going to say right. yes. Right. And it's not right. And that, like came, that right. And that more. came from a place of, I, I wasn't, I didn't like myself. Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't happy with myself. So this was all an over, you know, yeah. to overcompensate my emptiness yeah and that's probably like my top advice for people when they're going out to interview for jobs Mm -hmm. is like get rid of the old script that you've got to make them like you right it is an interview both ways it's a both and absolutely and do you really want them to pick you if they're not really picking you right um or if you don't even know who that is and then people wonder why they're so miserable later on yes so how did you find this passion Um, so I mentioned it earlier, but there's, you know, a couple of several ways, but the biggest was, um, I don't remember how, but some, somewhere along the way, someone mentioned, you know, Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. Mm -hmm. Um, but prior to that, like I said, it's about six, seven years ago, I was, I was 
invited to be part of a leadership program called the Latino Empowerment Project. And by Fran, by way of Fran. <laughs> and first day, it was every Saturday for eight Saturdays in a row. Um, and our first session, she invited a pretty prominent local um, consultant um, named Shannon. And she had us draft personal mission statements. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, okay. And it was hard. It was hard. It was hard. It was hard. Um, and so, you know, she, she said, you know, it's going to take time, but like, this is just the first. And, and in that space, it, the sort of the phrase she used was like, why are you a change agent? What makes you mm-hmm. a change agent? Start there. Like, you know, what are the things you believe you have that brought you here and that you're going to use to compel to, oh. to affect the community forward? So that really resonated with me, you know, and go through the class and things like that. And then I ended up helping to facilitate, and I still to this day um, facilitate for LEP. But over the course of that time, like I was in this, you know, again, very much at a crossroads with with what I was doing, you Mm -hmm. know, teaching at a private school and and some of the, um, again, issues I was feeling in that space, um, around diversity, equity, inclusion. And then I knew I needed to feed this practice of leadership somehow. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting it in that space. And so I thought, what can I do outside of that to immediately sort of satisfy this, mm-hmm. this state of urgency that I was feeling? And so, again, by way of Fran, she's like, you know what? You should apply for Leadership Lancaster. And I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, I was still working at the the private school, and so I knew that the only way they would let me go is if I made sure I covered all of my bases and having a sub lined up for all of the days I would be away, um, that I applied for a scholarship so that they wouldn't have to, because typically for Leadership Lancaster, like Leadership Mm -hmm. York, your employer pays for your tuition, so I applied for a scholarship, like I got all these letters of references, I did, did all of that heavy lifting first, and then presented the application to my immediate supervisor at the time at the school and said, you know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm taking this leadership. Um, I was in a master's program at the time, too. So to coincide with this, I'm going to do this. I've already got a scholarship. I have a sub like I there so that they couldn't say no. Mm-hmm. You just sign here, release me on the days and we're, we'll be all good to go. And she did. She signed off. And so I went. And that was um, 2013. That was the 30th anniversary core class. And that was the start, I would say, of me beginning to wrestle with this idea of leadership. Because up to that point, I had this idea in my mind that, you know, leadership was like, you know, the, the title that's on your business card or on your office door. Like once you get your director of blah, 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 mm-hmm. or CEO of then then you've arrived and and in those except right and and so as things were happening i'm like no this isn't this is not you know leader and leadership that's two different things it's and so i was in this whole transition of leadership as a habit or a mindset um and so i just continued to sort of feed that whatever was what, whatever was coming to attract me to this mm-hmm. idea of leadership as a mindset is then what I continued. And so in that space, um, 
again, I stumbled across this book. And so I started reading it and I was like, all right. And then I had attended, um, I was invited to be a facilitator for the People of Color Conference. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rosetta um, was one of the presenters and she was, she always opens, I don't know if she still does this now, but at that particular time, she would always open her workshops and sharing her personal why st- her mission state her personal mission statement. So here, this this notion of personal mission statement came back again, and then I was like, okay, all right. And then so I just kind of played with it again, and then kind of left it go. And this still doesn't sound or feel right, you know. And then so when I then looked up his website, Simon, he has a website. I'm like okay, this might be a possibility. And he had a little course that you could take, you know. So I ended up signing up for the mm-hmm. course, and I did that. And um, I was when that was all happening, I was in the yoga training program. And again, like, things just all, like, yeah. you know, they all, again, one of those other experiences. So one of the participants who was a mentor, I said, do you mind? I want to practice this. Um, I'm going to share with you my stories I collected and you just tell me what you think are my reoccurring themes and emotions tied to my stories. Mm -hmm. And then out of that, you know, and then even this why statement, it's, it's gone through several revisions, um, you know, but that's kind of how I stumbled up across my my passion and really like the moments where um you know like if there's an incident that happens along the way or I'm meeting with someone or presenting and they want to potentially work with me now I filter kind of through my why is this am I brave am I authentically brave and connecting you know mm-hmm. so they have I shown them my true self and and seen the alignment it or not or this is how they're landing on me because they're not in agreement with this piece of my mm-hmm. you know passion you know so it's helped so much it's helped me so much holding my boundaries around who I work with wow. so it's been it's been amazing that's great <laughs> So um, we're going to switch gears a little bit and talking about this idea of possibilities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So tell us about a time when you found an unexpected possibility. And so from my perspective, this is something that you just didn't see coming anyways because we like... Many There's, of us like right. to be in control. Right. We oh, like yeah. to think that we know what uh-huh. the next door is going to open and exactly what it's going to look like. Yeah. But, you know, as you're talking about everything falling into place, those possibilities of making things fall into place yes. typically are unexpected. unexpected. Oh, I believe it, yeah. <laughs> There's been several, but the most recent ones I would say has been being introduced to, to the points of view approach. So that was right before I met you. Um, so, yeah, summer of 2015. Um, I'm trying to think. Was it? No, it was, yeah, somewhere in there. Anyway, yeah. um, I was invited by Rosetta to attend the Equity Exchange, um, and that was unexpected. So 
my final year um, at the school that I was working at, I, I was really leaning on her to get through the days. Um, so there were times where I called her every couple of days in a row sometimes, and then then I'd be okay. And then, you know, so I just, but she really was my, my, she was my, like, I could bucket dump to her mm-hmm. and she would help me get through. So one call, this was like right after the winter holidays and we were going back to the school routine and something, I don't even remember what happened, but I call her up and she's like, you know what, Tony? She's like, me and some other colleagues are putting this institute together called the equity exchange and I'm like well what is that and she says well we are bringing together people from educators and school administrators both from the public school realm and private school and since you've been in both of those spaces and highly impactful in both of those spaces I would really love it if you could come and be part of this first cohort Mm -hmm. And I, I was like, okay, if I can make it, I'll do it. I'll do it. So, you know, finagled finances to be able to go. And I, I had known Caroline from my other engagements with the People of Color Conference, going to the Diversity Leadership Institute, which is a summer institute for independent school educators. Mm-hmm. And um, she has a cohort of, of facilitators, Rosetta being one of them as well. And... <clears throat> All of this to say, like, my last, I think it was POCC, was in Tampa, Florida. I was a facilitator. And I said to Rosetta, you know, I want to stay connected to this sector in some way, shape, or form. Because I value what you do. It's been, you know, it has shaped who I am. And she's like, okay. (laughs) And then a year later, she calls me up and, you know, like, why talk? And this, you know, so it was, I mean unexpected and yet precise, you know, like, so I go and Caroline does our opening gathering exercise with the points of view cards. And I just was completely captivated in awe, you know, and Caroline is one of those people in my life too. Like she just comes into a space or when you're with her, you're just drawn you're just drawn to her. And as I learn more of her story, you know, that's just that much more, you know. So she had all these cards set up. We were in like a common room space at, you know, we were at John Burroughs School in St. Louis, Missouri. And we're all gathered. There's about 25 of us. You know, some of us knew each other but as acquaintances, but not strong ties at all by any means from all over this, the, the continent, you know or the United States, and, um, you know, and she's just like, so we're going to spend, you know, this is the first that we're doing this, so she really highlighted, like, the beginning of what this whole thing is, and and so as a result of that, I invite you to look at these cards, and however they speak to you, know that that's how it's meant to be spoken to you, and as you look at them, think about... uh, what is it that you're going to contribute to the other people in this cohort over the next six days? What are you, what are you gifting to them that's a piece of you you want them to have? And then the second, you know, the second prompt, as you look at these pictures, choose one that represents what is it you hope to receive so that you can take that back with you to your community. And I, like, right from the get-go, I'm like, holy crap, like, what are we doing? What, what she's going to, like, 
doesn't she, and this is my inside talk, like, I'm like, doesn't she realize, like, people are going to be saying a lot of hard stuff here? Like, doesn't she realize that? Like, is this really what, you know? And so I just, but then there was this other voice that just said, Tony, like, this is, let it happens as it happens, let it happens as it happens. Um, And so I don't even know how long the exercise took. But she's like, everyone will share. Once someone is done sharing, if you connect to their story, then you're the next one meant to go, you know? And we will continue until everyone is done. And once it's done, we know it's complete. Like, once everyone, you know, and I'm just like, so, like, we're not keeping track of, like, the whole, you know, like, so my whole other piece of me as a teacher is like, we're not keeping track of time, like, you know, this is supposed to only run so many minutes, you know, like all of that, like was happening for me. But I don't know how long it took. Like it just, she made us feel so present. Like I was just so immersed into this. Mm -hmm. And so, and it was beautiful. And so people did like, you just shared whatever came forward. And so some people stayed more surface, but, and others, and then with each sort of next chapter that someone was contributing, it got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And then she closed it, you know, saying, you know, like, here's our mosaic of what we're bringing into the room because we have to then connect our cards to the other person that we connected to um, and know that over the next six days, this is what we're offering and receiving from one another, you know. And I just, so at the end of that, I ran up to her and I said, Caroline, where because it was one of those moments like this will so help me like knowing what this is. Mm-hmm. So where did you get these cards? Like, and where can I get my hands on them? And she's like, she was very elusive. She's, she's like, well, you know, I went to a training, you know, I'm trained in the method. I'm like, okay, but where can I, I just want the, this, like, just let me, I need, I need to be, you know, I need to have, in my hand, you know, like to feel this. And she's like, well, you know, you could go to the website if you'd like to, you know. And I was like, all right, all right, fine, fine, fine. Like, you're not being open about this. Like, that was, again, my inside talk. And so as soon as I came home, then from from that institute, I went and visited the Points of View website. And, And, you know, I'm like going through and I'm like, oh, this is cool stuff. This is really cool. Like, yeah, I can see how I can use this. And, and at that point, my whole like desire was, I know, I don't know what I'm going to do as far as an official role or titled role, but I know that my work will be about diversity, equity, inclusion, and allowing people to express their stories, like allow, because that's what this did for us. Like I, so I know that's something I'm going to do there, something. So, you know, I kind of backburnered it, though, because I thought, you know, this is going to be a lot of money. So, and I had accepted a position to teach as an adjunct professor. And I thought, okay, let me do that. And I kind of, like, just put that aside. And so do my experience as an adjunct professor, and it wasn't positive. It was very hard. I mean, you know, it was rough. It was really, really rough. But I needed that experience to then know this is not, and that was even, I hadn't yet done my, but 
it just was like, no, I'm not going to tolerate this environment because it was so similar to the one that I had left. So January 26 rolls around 2016, and that's I really take that month to just take stock, like really just what has happened in my life, how have I gotten here, what do what am I owning that got me here? Like that was sort of what I, you know, really, you know, and so I kind of like you know cataloged all of that. And then February rolls around, and I'm starting to feel like, okay, you know, what is it that I want to do, you know? And um, I go back and visit the website again. And lo and behold, they had refreshed it. And every time I click on the link and a new image pops up, there's Caroline. Then I click on another page and an image, there's Caroline. And another one and another one. And, and I'm like, okay, all right, why don't ignore this? You know, and finally I was like, you know what? For so long I've been doing what other people have expected me to do. I've been following their expectation of me. This is for me. Like I need, this is me. So if I don't take the chance and the risk I don't know what opportunities will come along. And so I totally bit the bullet and haven't looked back. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of many yeah. unexpected. Yeah. You know, the yoga training, that came again, that really came that came at a time I needed it to come and it's been such a blessing that I did that. Um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that possibility only changed your life a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about, then you need to go look at more of leadership art stuff. <laughs> right. right, right. So my last question for you is, in what way do you feel empowered professionally? So this almost Ooh, that's goes a back good one to too. your, like, yeah. your superpower uh-huh. as a professional. Right. So my superpower, <laughs> I would say is my time being in a kindergarten and pre-kindergarten space, I use those tools, I use my approach to really making learning space for those, Mm -hmm. for young learners, and that sense of, so I always tried to make sure that when my students and my co-teachers always felt like they belonged, they felt like they were important, and they felt like they were having joy. That was always my primary three tenets, if you will. And and that, I would say, is my power that I use now because we are really just kids and grown bodies, mm-hmm. really. We really are. Babies and big bodies. We really are. We really are. And so I've been trying to transition, you know, and adults are different, a little different, but not by much. Mm -hmm. And so it's been giving me a chance to leverage that experience into the work that I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like doing transition, like really helping people to center at the start of a, of a session or a workshop that I do, you know, mm-hmm. so that is important to me. So I, I did it then I do that now. Um, 
always having reflective practice. I did it even with my youngest learners and they, you know, I would learn the most profound things, you know, giving them that opportunity. And I do that even now in my, in my facilitation work or coaching, um, you know, sort of that, that the rise and fall, um, which then brings some of the yogic elements there. Like those are all important to me. And so I continue to use those. And that has been, Mm. I would say spending time with, our youngest of learners has helped me a lot with our most seasoned of learners. <laughs> I love that you say that because my path is very different. Uh-huh. I was not an educator, but I'm a corporate trainer by trade. And when I fully embraced that role, uh-huh. one of the first continuing educations that I went through was with a group called the Bob Pike Group. Okay. They've coined the... Uh, creative training techniques Uh and they're masters at maintaining engagement throughout training no matter what training it is out there through their techniques they can you can keep people engaged right and one of the philosophies that they teach which i will never forget is they actually do say adults are babies and big bodies yeah and you always have to remember that yeah and um because i remember when i came back it was like something just sparked where i actually spent a whole year reading about early childhood te- techniques that yep. I almost became obsessed with. Yep. What is it about what you put in your lesson plans uh-huh. that we don't put in the adult right. lesson plans because we assume that we they're assume, for just right. for children. Right. And that's where self-reflection and stuff came yeah. back for me. Right. And also engaging as many of the five senses as you can mm-hmm. because we learn best when you're activating all of those elements together and so if you can make it active rather than passive and so that the assumption though is that as older we are and it's it's really not I'm we can attend for a little bit longer of a period but not by much and so those 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 areas um have I have leveraged those and in, in, in when I hold learning space for adults now. Well, I think you could even argue how long we used to be able to attend has been undone by the amount of technology that's now been brought into our lives. Right, right. So, so that's, that has been a challenge, <laughs> yes. And that has been an interesting challenge um, as I, you know, create the learning space so people connect and I mm-hmm. and I invite them to silence their phone and park them on a table um it's interesting how some people will willingly and others cannot (laughs) all right so we're really going to change gears sure okay (laughs) you have the ability to prep for those questions yes i know i know and now i have some fun questions all right (laughs) that i want to go through and do So these first two, I think, will be right up your alley, where I think you're going to have an advantage over my other Grateful <laughs> Showcase guests. Okay. But um, with Christmas coming very quickly, right. my first question is, um, if a child, we'll say a kindergartner, came okay. to you, and maybe they have already done this before, and asked you if Santa Claus is real, what is your response to them? Oh, my goodness. So, yes, this has happened on several occasions, <laughs> several not so much asking me, but them asking of each other. Mm. Um, and so usually what I would address back is, um, 
So what have you found to be true <laughs> about Santa? And, and again, give, them, give me the space for pause and then give them that opportunity to pause and share their evidence. <laughs> um, you know, so it was different with our own children, though, my own daughters, because Elena at four figured out. So she came to us. So that was different than for on the on the whole other level than as a parent cuz you do you know you you want to continue that that piece of fantasy or that imagination cuz it just is you know it is magical. And so in all of her 4-year-oldness came to us and said, "I know Santa's not real. I know that it's in the spirit of giving." And and we we looked at her like Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, okay, we're, we're having this like adult, deep conversation with, a uh, you know, with a four-year-old, with a four, you know. But that's Elena's always been that way. She's just been that way. So then, when Sarah, who's four and a half years younger than Elena, so you know, inviting her in to help suspend the disbelief with with Sarah, but then how will we support Sarah in her arrival of it, you know? Um, And then that was beautiful to watch because Elena did guide, you know, once Sarah questioned, then she, well, let me tell you the story about St. Nicholas. Santa Mm -hmm. Claus is honored by that patron saint, you know, on and on. And so that was beautiful to watch that way (laughs) so you kind of allow it to be a self-discovery process yes to let it unfold yes yeah i'll take that yeah so then continuing on this path of talking and explaining things to children Uh (laughs) uh-huh we heard you share your passion and your purpose and what you do right how would you explain that to um a three four-year-old that is not elena (laughs) right oh boy they um, said, what do you do? And they saw you with your so cards. So at the simplest, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So I would say, um, if I'm, if, if I was invited to like a pre-K class and, and they asked me what I did, um, I would just say, I like to play games with cards, uh-huh. um, at, at a basic level, and then they would, if they ask, well, what do you mean by that, or what do you do with these cards, I would just say that the pictures hold pieces of your story, and you can use those to help tell your story to other people. Huh. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> if you could steal credit for anything that's out there, book, artwork, <laughs> song, um, that you thought of at first, what would that be? And you were allowed to. It wasn't illegal. Huh. Hmm. I would say, so, uh, huh. You know, so if I was still in the in the education realm, if I was still in that realm, I would easily say, give me full credit for the creative curriculum approach, like, okay. and responsive classroom, like, oh, yep, that's yeah, that's all me, that's all me, like, um, 
I would say that this other side now of doing like personal development coaching and um, relationship capacity, uh, I would say, I mean, I would try to credit Simon Sinek without a doubt mm-hmm. if I could. Um, you know, so there were the other day I had like a new video pop up on my phone where people have been asking him, can your why change? And he adamantly said, no, it doesn't change. And I believe that I do believe that. Um, so I would try to, I would try to seize. You you would have been the one that wrote that book about the why. Yeah. Starts with your why. Yes. Some way or another. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think it's a good one. yeah, Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I think this question is just so funny because okay. of your response to one of the other questions All earlier. Right. Oh, um, boy. <laughs> if the animal kingdom took over <laughs> and we got to pick or elect an animal to be our president, uh. what animal do you think would be the greatest leader? <laughs> oh, man. I love these questions. By the way, these yes. questions are in articles quoted as ways to make your hiring process more lively. And I just right. find them hysterical. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So what animal? Oh, my goodness. Would you think should be elected president and why? <laughs> Shouldn't have video because your facial expressions are priceless. <laughs> Oh my Jesus! Um, hmm. <laughs> so, I would say I, I mean I would I would have to say I would lean more towards the insect population. Okay. Just because, like, they inherently know community and result. So, like, I'm thinking of fire ants. You know, okay. like I'm thinking of like. Um, you know, so like if some tragedy, like they will all rally and use their bodies to create bridges so that, you know, they can carry over the queen or what, like, yeah. you know, like, so to me, it would be an ant colony that would ah. be put into a power, into a position of power. Did um, you imagine that we all like excluding an ant colony? <laughs> right. You know, like that's, I think that that's, so not really an animal, but. An insect. You stepped on the president. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. I love that analogy. That's great. All right. Um, If you uh, got to have the say in um, office practices, you can pick whatever office you can even say in the educational realm. If there was something that you would mandate Uh and something that you would ban, what would they be? All right, so mandate and ban. Um, so more so than a mandate, but an invitation. See, this is where I'm always like squirrely with words because mm-hmm. words hold power, oh, yeah. you know. So I would say, I would say, live in opportunity mm-hmm. would be my my mantra or mandate is that when you come to work or if you come to this space on a regular basis, that every day is a new opportunity to live in opportunity. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and in that is that whole idea of, you know, we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, we always have a chance to refine. 
Um, so, you know, today's another new day to take what I've done yesterday and make it better. Um, and those are reminders to myself. I have to say that to myself mm -hmm. a lot. So that's one would be the man that, that what I would ban. Hmm. I would say, you know, so this idea about leaving your stuff at the door, but I would just invite people to suspend their masks, mm. you know, for a moment, just suspend your mask, yeah. you know. I love that. <laughs> it's a very deep workplace that Tony has created. <laughs> right, right. But it's great because I think that's where we're evolving to, and I think yes. that's really what people feel like are missing. I mean, I know that I you see it a lot in your work. Yes. I see it a lot in my work. Yeah. <clears throat> and eventually corporate culture will catch on that, you know, I'm not talking from a third eye that I have right. on my forehead. Right, right, right. Absolutely. All right. So this question is, um, they say that everybody has a good app idea. If you could have an app created for you or one that you think is missing that would make your life easier, <laughs> what would it be? You know, so like at 2 a.m. in the morning is when I'll think of this because I don't typically think of, of, oh, I wish there was an app for that. <laughs> um, so I need to, I, like what would be nice, what, and the, maybe this goes along with that, like, um, so you know how there's the, you know, like the, what is it called? Like the, what are they called? The dining, like you can order at a restaurant and then the, the courier, what is that courier service called? Like dining courier or, or something? Carry out courier Car carry out or courier. Uber Eats. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know if there's an app for that. Like, like. Oh, yeah, you I don't know. know. They're just probably like, like mobile friendly. Right, like, you know, just saying like, you know what, I really feel like I want, so for dinner I want Thai tonight. Um, but rather than going and sitting at the restaurant or calling and picking mm -hmm. up. You know, like that you just have an app that like, yeah. you know, you know what I feel like doing, you know, teriyaki chicken or whatever. And you just boop, boop. Yeah. Um, that I think was, that's what Uber Eats is. It just Uber needs to Eats. come to us. Okay. I don't think it's to us yet. No, I've okay. seen it in the big cities, but I think that's See, what it is. Right, right. And New York will definitely get it before Lancaster. No, it's flip-flop. Really? You Lancaster think so? No. Yeah. All right. Because we're I don't always. Know. We're a big eating place, though. Yeah, but like you know, like yeah. I think of like Walmart came here before Lancaster. Target came here. Yeah, like but you guys I'm are getting like a Nordstrom rack. We're getting a Nordstrom rack and a Wegmans. Yes, that's because it's township. That's not happening. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. All right. Last question: Do you yep. have any pets? So we currently have a Russian dwarf hamster named Athena. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. It is Sarah's baby. Um, so each of our daughters, uh, when they turn the uh, tradition or agreement, however you want to call it, when they turned 10, they were allowed to have some small pet of their own. Okay. So Elena had a hamster, and so... Sarah was like, well, I want a hamster then when I turn 10, too. So that was like, okay, fine, we can do that. Um, so she opted for a Russian dwarf hamster because she says, Russian dwarf hamster is tiny and mighty, just like me. Um, 
So that's how, that's the pet we currently Your have. Your children in our house. are a couple of pistols. They are. They really, really are. So um, to play off Athena, so uh-huh. since Athena lives with you, if yes. we were able to interview her and ask her to give us a reference on you, what would be something she would say? <laughs> Why do they always got to be poking my cage? Uh- <laughs> Is probably what she would say. Um, <laughs> Why are you always poking your cage? Yes. Um, but with Sarah, with Sarah, she would probably be like, I like Sarah, um, you know. <laughs> but it is, like, she's very, she, so she's possessive of her cage. I don't know why, like, and Elena's, Elena's hamster wasn't that way. And we did, like, we got... Athena when she's a couple weeks old and you know we did what the what the people at the pet store said like you know hold her so she gets used to you and things Mm. like that but we've learned that Russian dwarf hamsters are very territorial Mm. as we have learned Um, and she also cycles with all of the other women in my household who cycle When you first said that, I thought you meant, like, bicycle. No, no, no. The other cycle. The other rhythm. Um, But, yeah. But it's, it's, you know, every time Sarah goes up to the cage, you know, she will greet Sarah, you know, and she's very lovey-dovey with Sarah. The rest of us, not so much. Okay. Well, that paints a nice picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, those were all my questions okay. <laughs> today. Do you have any last final thoughts that you would like to add? Or do you want to plug anything for, I know you have something coming up on December 15th. Yeah, so, I mean, first again, thank you. This has been such a, it's been refreshing um, to spend this time with you to, to share our, our connections and how we're intertwined. Uh, yeah, December 15th, I'm holding a Train the Trainer uh, points of view training session um, here in York at the Leadership Arts Office. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy about, again, that's another mm-hmm. monumental first for me um, as I move into this practice. And so I'm excited about that prospect. Um, you can, the event's posted on my website on the events page. And um, yeah, it's a six-hour training and you get to spend time with me, which is always fun. And you get to walk <laughs> away with the basic of the of the method and um, the, the the coaching game tool and its companion deck called Punctum, and then you're free to you know create with it in your distinct you know work environment how you see the ap- applicability of that's really what I continue to do. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, pay it forward that way. Yeah. Yep. So yes, yeah, so you get to leave with the tools. <clears throat> And I will uh, tag Tony's website down in the show notes um, for Mm reflectivewisdom.com. And Tony's not a stranger to leadership arts. Not at all. Um, So in 2018, then you're only going to see more More, of him. Yes, yes. Um, And some really cool sessions that he's designing really for our specific population and bringing more and more points of view and just Tony in general to to our client base. Yeah. So thank you so much Thanks. for taking time out today. And um, yeah, 
Yeah, look forward to one in the future, you know, who knows? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Heart of It with uh, kicking off the Grateful Showcase with Tony Hernandez. If you love this episode, you could do us a huge favor by leaving us a review on iTunes or sharing it with anyone else that you think would benefit from this episode. Other than that, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow as we bring our second guest for the Grateful Showcase, Mr. Douglas Knight, otherwise known as DK, to... uh, pretty much most of York County. So have a great day, night, morning, whenever you're listening to this. And I will talk to you soon. See ya.